Before we get started, if you love this episode, please write a review for Web3 Galaxy Brain. Thank you. Welcome to Web3 Galaxy Brain. My name is Nicholas. Each week, I sit down with some of the brightest people building Web3 to talk about what they're working on right now. Today, I'm joined by Vivian Fung. Viv is the 23-year-old solo founder of Snowball, a Web3 dev tools provider focused on mobile apps and web apps. Snowball's first product, Igloo, will give developers a simple solution for SSO authentication, AA smart wallets, and on-ramping in one SDK. Igloo is currently in private alpha on testnet. Prior to starting Snowball, Viv was co-founder of Dora, a multi-chain block explorer search engine, and she was an engineer on the Instagram feed team before that. In this conversation, Viv and I dive into the challenges facing mobile crypto app developers today, her approach to smart wallets, and her ambition to create the Vercel for mobile crypto devs. It's always fun getting to meet a dynamic and relentless founder like Viv, especially at such an early stage in the company's journey. Her persistence and enthusiasm are inspiring. I hope you enjoy the show. As always, this show is provided as entertainment and does not constitute legal, financial, or tax advice or any form of endorsement or suggestion. Crypto has risks, and you alone are responsible for doing your research and making your own decisions. Hello. Hey, Viv. How's it going? Good, good. Really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad we got this Twitter space working. <laughs> we'll get back to who you are. But first, just briefly, what is Snowball? Okay. Snowball is a, like, a, a like, a, a, you can kind of think of us as a vertically integrated platform where we enable, like, authentication, uh, account abstraction, and on and off ramping in one SDK um, across a, diff- a variety of different, uh, uh, we, so in Swift, React Native, uh, and Kotlin, a mobile first company, and we do auto deploy to, like, the Google Play Store, Testnet, I mean, Google Play Store, um, Apple, uh, Apple App Store and also like test flight. And then there's a bunch of variety of services that we'll also provide pretty early, but really, really excited about like, like, like bringing like uh, an incredible mobile experiences um, uh, to users and also like enabling developers to ship fast and ship incredible products. Yeah. Okay. So th- this lines up a lot with what I- I've been talking a lot about this new DAP stack uh, that's a AA wallet, pass keys, PWA on an L2, yeah. uh, APPL for short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how you're trying to get that to like take <laughs> off. I, I, I applaud you and I hope it does. But, you know, if it does, I owe you a beer. Like, I think because it's annoying down. because people think that's maybe that's that's like Apple's ticker, but it's not actually. It's AAPL, their ticker. So it's <laughs> it's even more annoying. You know, it's like a TikTok where they don't tell you the ending for, for seven installments or what. So <laughs> anyway. It's like you're like waiting. You're like, damn, like, it's supposed to be fat, like the whole point. Yeah, I get it. Someone's going to get annoyed and it's going to become big. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the first. I've tried a bunch of other names, but it's the least offensive so far, I think. <laughs> so so that stack. So uh, AA wallet, pass keys to sign on that AA wallet. You're accessing this via a PWA and you're probably transacting on an L2. That's kind of where my head's been at. And and yeah. we've had some conversations on this show uh, with some folks about uh, 7212 yeah. for, for maybe yes. making pass keys, uh, something that can be decrypted directly inside of a smart contract. Uh, yeah. I'll also talk to Privy, who are the wallet providers for yeah. Frentech. Yeah. So so people can check out those shows, but you know, it, it, the way I came to Snowball and IgloTools.xyz, yeah. the demo, uh, which people can check out, uh, is just this idea of like pass keys, which are this new native replacement for yeah. passwords that everyone is adopting, Apple, Microsoft, Google, absolutely everyone. And then those as a signer on an AA wallet uh, with like a clean onboarding experience. So maybe could yes. you just explain to people who haven't tried Igloo Tools what happens if they go to that website step by step so they understand what, what you're uh, what, what you're making basically? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm um, let's let's first off talk about like what is like passkeys has been around for a long time. Google has like pushed this for like years and years. Apple's finally adopting it in iOS 17, and standardly, I like in iOS 17. Uh, what's it called though? Standardly, passkeys is uh, it's just like a, a private key, public key, key share uh, like challenge, blah blah blah. And uh, so it's but the familiar, thing is, it's familiar to people who have EVM wallets already because it's like a private public key pair, yeah. but it's built into iOS, it's built into Chrome, it's built into Windows is like the yes. big the big difference. 
Yes. The only, like the biggest, the biggest challenge with like, uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah. So passkeys uh, uh, enables users to access their wallet in a familiar Web2 way. Uh, like without Actually, a password. We, okay, should, yeah. say, we yeah. should say just that passkeys for context is not just for crypto stuff. Passkeys is just the uh, the new standard. Uh, the yes. t- traditional tech industry and security yeah. experts are pushing as an alternative to username and password, which is pretty vulnerable for getting leaked yes. passwords and stuff. People reuse their passwords. So passkeys is trying to solve that by getting rid of passwords and just replacing it with this private public key pair, generate a yeah. private key on the device, on, yeah. on the iPhone in your hand or, or Android yeah. phone in your hand, and then give the public key to the server so they can authenticate you in the future. But nobody has to keep a password. Uh, it just sits on your phone and gets synced across all your devices. So that's kind of like the innovation yes. of pass keys. But y- yeah. you were about to say, like, it's not so obvious to just replace wallets with pass keys because well, maybe you can explain a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay, like the, the way that Web2 is doing it, um, it, it like, uh, and generally, uh, it's like this, this, this private key is, is generated on device in this passkey. Um, and there's no way to export, uh, export this uh, private key outside of, uh, uh, of it. Uh, and, uh, and that creates a variety of problems. Uh, like, uh, let's say you lose your device, you lose access to your Apple ID, all this stuff. And there's like no backup. And, and generally, like, there's like, there's, yeah, like, uh, a, a lot the, of things. The, the big difference is that Apple can't restore your account for you. If you lose your passkey, or it's it, depending on the setup, of course, but in the purest of passkey setups, you're the only one with the secret material. So you need exactly, to, you exactly. Do, uh, but people will, you know, iCloud pass uh, keychain, iCloud keychain will sync this between devices, but there's still some, uh, you know, things to be ironed okay. out in terms of cross platform, et cetera. Yes, exactly. So, like, for example, like if you are using Chrome on your, if you're using Chrome on your MacBook or a Windows, it actually is synced locally, like your passkey is created locally and not synced to your uh, password manager of that device. Um, but if you're using Chrome, for example, on a iPhone or on an Android, it syncs to that respective password manager. And so that it's complicated. itself is... It's like complicated a, for a developer who wants to just like put together something with passkeys right now. It's, there's a lot of cracks in, in the connections between parts of the ecosystem. Yeah, and, it, and it's a lot like how... Uh, like. Uh, like MetaMask private key getting lost. Uh, yeah, we can think about like, like, yeah, so yeah, so passkeys. So that's why we choose like an MPC uh, passkey like implementation is so like, first off, if, uh, okay, okay, so, uh, okay. So, wh- wh- <laughs> so why do you need multi-party compute? What's the, what's the advantage? Okay, so generally what MPC is, is it enables like um, uh, multiple parties to collectively compute uh, a function over a set of private inputs without revealing the inputs themselves. Simply put, like MBC requires multiple parties with a, with a piece uh, of the key to come together to collectively perform a task and uh, without revealing their private key or, um, or their information to other parties. Uh, in our case, we use Lit to generate pri- private public key pairs and the Lit network can, use to, it can be used to encrypt and uh, decrypt signed uh, and signed transactions. Okay, so, um, so hold and, on and though. So, so I start by, I maybe want to, <laughs> so I, I get to this, uh, I, I wanted you to describe the page because I don't want to get too lost. I, I think it'll make more sense if it's described as a demo. So we okay. arrive on the website and there yes. is an option to do what? What's the button? Okay, the button is uh, create, uh, uh, let me actually It doesn't matter what it's called. Go. There's just a sign in with Apple button, yes, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cre- create a passkey, a uh, new passkey. All right, and then you name your passkey, and this is a just like a general name that you're like uh, like client side that you're going to see this passkey named. So it's like and you're creating an account. It. Like you could imagine, if you were logging into Twitter this way, you, it would say create an account, and you click the yes. button, and then it says, "What do you want to call the account?" And then you give it a yeah. name. It doesn't really matter. Can be repeated across yeah. other people. It's not a username. It's just like a a label for your device. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And this label and uh, is synced across. Uh, I mean, this passkey. Uh, it can be used across um, whatever password manager it is synced to. So basically, uh, you sign in with your Apple ID. It, yeah. You, you're asked to face ID. If you do, then it generates a passkey on your device. And then it's, if you choose to, synced across all of your iOS devices today. You can yes. have that today. Yes. And what's what's the point of generating this passkey? This is useful for what what happens next in the app once the passkey is generated? What's, once the passkey is generated, we... We create a smart account wallet. Uh, no, we, we don't create. Well, 
we essentially like using this like uh well yeah, like so how like uh what's it called ERC one two seven one like standards uh, signature validation for contracts we use that to essentially enable this passkey to own a smart contract wallet we re- like essentially uh, get the counterfactual address and a counterfactual address is essentially like before uh, a smart contract wallet is has any transaction like uh, it's not deployed yet it it gets deployed uh, it gets like uh, enacted when the user cr- creates their first uh, uh, transaction but you can still know what your address will be uh, and so like counterfactual uh, is knowing uh, before the wallet is deployed you know the, yes. its address what address it will yes. be deployed to deterministically that's, that's a counterfactual yes. a, a wallet so you, so basically what you're saying is you generate the passkey when a, a user creates an account in your dapp yes and then immediately you know what their wallet address is going to be on whatever across all chains but whichever chain in particular yes. you're planning to deploy it to so, yes. so now they've got an account. So a user just signed in with Apple ID. They face ID'd themselves. They labeled yeah. the wallet. I don't know if that's even yeah. necessary, really, really necessary, but I guess. It's not, actually. We can remove that stuff altogether and it, it could be like... Just the name it could of the be app. Anything. Name the app, yeah. probably good. Yeah. So, so, so I create an account, got the passkey, and then you know what, what address this smart wallet's going to be at. So we're talking about an alternative to... Um, like on the previous episode, we talked about they use a Shamir setup. Yeah, or a traditional like burner wallet, even uh, where you just have in local storage some private key, and it's just directly yeah. uh, deriving the public addresses from the private key sitting in like the memory of the PWA, which is really not yeah. safe. So passkeys are cool because the OS is managing the passkeys, yes. and and people generally trust iOS more than anything else in the stack. So that's pretty cool. That means you could have really secure wallets that you're deploying as a user onboards to an app, uh, like a PWA, a, a web app that they yeah. install on their phone, and they don't need to handle private keys, and yet it is self-custodied in the sense that it's uh, on yeah. their iPhone. I mean, up to yeah. people to decide how safe they feel that is, but, but yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, it, it's not something that they can see directly. It's not something that Apple can see directly, and it's not something that the DAP developer can see directly, and yet it can be used to sign transactions on, a, on an EVM smart contract. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, like, uh, I do want to say that is like a st- house standard, but like, uh, but like using uh, the MPC version, like the private key is broken up into and sharded across many pieces and distributed across a, a trusted set of nodes, right. plus one when that one is you. And so, yeah, yeah. So just like, so yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. to shed a little bit of light on that. So that's lit protocol that enables the MPC piece, this multi-party compute yes. piece. And and part of the reason for that is because passkeys cannot easily sign transactions today. We kind of alluded to this. If people are interested, they can check out the 7212 episode uh, yeah. from last week. But basically, the passkey itself cannot sign transactions on the AA wallets because that kind of encryption is just not included in the EVM. So the EV, smart contracts can't easily uh, figure out if the signature is valid or not. It, it, it costs a lot of yeah. gas to do so. So really so that's one reason why you might want something like Lit Protocol's MPC, which is like a distributed key generation uh, service, basically, that aims to be decentralized, but maybe is not entirely decentralized yet. Um, yes. And, okay, so like, it, it's valid because like, it right now is in testnet. It, it's so far working really well. Uh, but like, like, over the next few months, they'll be adding more nodes and expanding the set of uh, like, uh, like, and, and moving toward like, being fully decentralized, uh, like ahead of launch. But basically, yeah. like they need to two thirds of the nodes need to agree in order to kind of synthetically create the 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 private key in a way where it's not sitting on any one machine, but together they're able to sign transactions uh, on your behalf. Uh, but only when you sign something with a pass key, I guess. I mean, they're not able to sign arbitrary transactions without your permission, are they? Yeah, they're not able to. So they need you need to sign something with a passkey before that distributed network can can summon the the key basically. Yeah, but you can you can split it into as many uh, as, as you want, but you need at least two thirds. You need at least two thirds of the of the the share the shards of the the key of, of the this distributed like however many nodes there are in the lit network. Two thirds of the of nodes. The, yeah. Okay. Or that's that's actually presuming that you would choose to split it into as many shards yeah. as there are nodes, but maybe that's not true because you want some redundancy, so maybe less than that for to make sure you can always transact. Because if you know if half of them go down, you don't want to lose your ability to transact. Yes, correct. 
but that's basically something that you're able to plug into. That's like kind of plug and play service from Lit pretty much, right? That is what Lit is trying to do. They're one of the things they're trying to do. Yeah. So that's that's not, uh, that, okay. So that's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a network that you're able to plug into. Yeah. So that's, this is our, just our demo, right? This is our first little thing, but we also, so we also are working with Turnkey. We're working with Lit. So uh, is Turnkey similar to Lit or how, how does Turnkey work? Turnkey is, uh, it's, it's different from Lit, but it's not an MPC. It's it's gen it's just like uh they use like their own uh like they they call it a secure enclave. Um, it's not actually the secure enclave of like iOS. They're just using the same terminology, but essentially they hold on to their uh, hold on to your private key, uh, private uh, uh private publicly and uh, uh and, and generally give you give you like uh, yeah they 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 essentially enable like uh pass keys as well and also uh, like EOA like functionality yeah like uh, in a e either custodian or non-custodian manner and you can choose okay so what I'm getting from this is that you're kind of trying to create a product that facilitates the process for Adaptev to onboard users and propagate their yeah. transactions and manage their wallet but it's yeah. you're not so opinionated about like lid protocol or what was the other one called yeah Turnkey, turnkey, uh, turnkey, and like they essentially just like create an encrypted environment for uh, for like yeah yeah. So so the point is though that you're you're offering options for devs yeah. using your tooling. You're kind of trying to simplify the process, but yes, uh, still allow some options for what level type of security to control these kinds of wallets. Are there other parts of what you're doing, like at, at the AA wallet part of the stack, for example, where you're yeah, thinking so about letting optionality? Yeah, so we're working with Alchemy. Um, we're working with Fund.xyz. We're integrating a few other account abstraction uh, providers. We, you can kind of see us as like uh, a Vercel or a um, Heroku or uh, uh, like a railway of of mobile development. That's how I, I, I want to push us in the future, where we have a bunch of these providers. We also provide UI, UX. You can use our, our, our SDK like Barebone, or you can use it with like already pre-built like UX and you can de like design it to your own desires or just use it like straight up. We just want to, we just want the process for developers uh, to, to make it extremely easy for developers to build incredible mobile apps and seamlessly um, without having to worry about like incorporating all of these pieces together. Because right now you talk to a lot of these dApps, you talk to a lot of these like companies and they're essentially all like building the same infrastructure over and over again, eating glass when somebody where, the, where the, there should just be a mobile provider to do that for them, uh, an SDK, a comprehensive SDK, uh, where they can plug and play and choose whatever um, they would desire. And we'll have like template apps in like Swift, Kotlin, and like there's like 10 apps that get, keep getting built over and over again, right? And, and so I hope that once we have these template apps in, in the variety of languages and we can auto, like make like deployment like extremely simple and easy, like uh, people will become more creative and also like, and uh, like better and uh, apps can become uh, like a, a standard process, like a, a, like standardized across the whole entire stack. So, yeah. so one part of what you're saying is this uh, wallet flow we just described where you sign in with a familiar uh, login method, a SSO OAuth yes. solution. Uh, so that could include, correct me if I'm wrong, email, phone, Apple yes. ID, Gmail, Facebook, yes. TikTok, everything, yeah. Discord. And then from there, you're generating a wallet and it's up to the DAP devs to integrate that wallet into their experience however they want. Uh, we talked about PWAs already. Uh, when we first yeah. met, you told me how passionate you are about building mobile apps. Yeah. Do you think apps are possible or what's the score? Yes. So the future is the future is apps, right? Uh, and so like as things are changing in 2024 with new anti EU antitrust laws that are coming into place. And that means, uh, like, which forces Apple to actually open up their ecosystem and enable uh, apps to be to like not like to not, not to not go through the uh, app store and also app store review process or app store and and not have to pay the thirty percent digital asset take uh, uh, yeah and so that's a huge huge win. First off, a lot of Web two companies will be moving off the app store because they. First off, don't want to pay that thirty percent fee, uh, and second off, like and so like it's going to be normalized, and so like crypto apps will for the first time have like like access to the like a uh, 
iOS ecosystem and like like get apps without having to do like a PWA, which I think that like uh, I think a lot of people are like really bullish on PWAs because it's so easy to get uh, like onto the phone. But when when like like the app experience will always be better, and that's like me being very. Uh, Biased, I think. <laughs> the app chauvinist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, EU, yeah. the EU is jailbreaking iOS. Finally, exactly, exactly. And they're like they're the second second sh- largest market share for Apple, uh, and they're charging a good sum if Apple does not uh, d- d- does not abide, and so uh, Apple will abide. Um, yeah. Right. Their fines at the beginning may not be Apple level problems, but the EU is not planning to back down. And Apple doesn't plan to ignore the EU. And they do seem to like USB-C iPhones are coming out in a week or something or on Tuesday. I cannot speak to that. Um, Oh, right. uh, Because you have experience at the company. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk a little bit about my experience. Yeah. What's your background? How how did you start coding? How did you fall in love with making mobile apps? And and where have you worked? Yeah. 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 So I like... So first off, uh, like in high school, I got a scholarship to build apps uh, over two weeks on Harvard Buds campus, like fully paid for by uh, Deloitte. Um, and so every single day, we, we, we built a new iOS app uh, every like for two weeks. Uh, it was an incredible, incredible experience. And that was my first time. And that was right at like, uh, right after senior year uh, of uh, like, I just graduated from high school. One, and then one app every there, day? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It was an yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an iOS app, like every single day. It was an incredible learning experience. That's like that Kanye lyric. And then it, like, I went to college. I did a program with Google. Like, it was a two-week program also as well, where we did the kind of the same thing with Android apps. It, it, it like, uh, it was kind of, yeah, it was an incredible experience over, like, a winter break. And um, I, I learned a ton. Uh, and then kind of like fell, like, that's just like, I fell in love with like mobile development. I like, uh, I really enjoy just building apps and I've been building apps ever, uh, ever since. So like, yeah. Uh, and then after that I took a, so I was in college, uh, at freshman year, I took an internship at Eventbrite for three months doing iOS as well. And then I actually got a few offers. I had like a handful of offers from different companies uh, and I decided I'm going to take a gap year sophomore uh, spring instead of like returning and uh i interned at apple for five months building out 5g and then i interned at uh facebook for three months building out stories for their new um business app this suite app which was replacing page manager incredible experiences incredible incredible experiences what what did you learn at apple uh, and what did you learn at facebook okay at apple i learned i learned a lot about hardware like building building for uh like and I've never worked harder in my life because it's it's a uh, it's a little bit of a cult where in a sense everyone's so passionate about what they're building that like you will like people will all be in the office until like midnight or longer and and it's just like just like yeah uh, and, and I got a lot of autonomy there uh, and it was an, just an incredible incredible experience yeah yeah I, I think that like to be honest I wasn't as incredible like uh, as a like yeah. Uh, like I can't talk too much about my experience <laughs> there. Uh, I did a little bit in the other, like, um, but like, let's just say, like, um, they're like, like even on my resume, whatever I like, I had to get that approved by my director and my manager before even before getting it approved to put on my resume. Yeah, it was. It, it's 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 an insane. Yeah, yeah, like, like the like the the number of NDAs I signed was, was insane. Like it's actually like every single thing, and uh, there's even like a system for this internally that like you would yeah yeah anyway. Can't even talk in, about the system. <laughs> yeah no 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 you 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 okay? I, I, like I, I like anyway uh, like essentially I've, I've said look, too much. I have to kill you. <laughs> oh yeah yeah essentially you you can look up people's names and you can see oh. what they are what what how in the they are. Yeah, essentially, like, what are they like? What are they allowed to know, and what are they not allowed to know? Like, and they're wouldn't all that reveal. Like, wouldn't that reveal what there is to know? No, so uh, it's, so everything's under a code name. So it's like, oh. like it's like twenty, like the twenty billion code names, right? And it's like there's like a oh yes, they're they're allowed to know this. No, they're not allowed to know this. Blah blah blah. And so like you could be sitting next to someone for like. A few like you sitting next to another team and you have no idea what they're working on and they cannot tell you you cannot talk about it like it's a 
it's an insane like but like wow. ev- like, like a uh, yeah it's like a religion but they're really good at creating that wow factor you know um and and surprise. uh keeping the surprise yeah surprise yeah yeah it's cool, so it's cool. Facebook, they do a great job i mean i you know yeah they're basically the best but it is it is a hell of a price to pay to not be able to talk it's kind of yeah. weird yeah it's kind of weird it is it is it is kind of weird but Again, it's it's kind of like a cult you sign up for, uh, and everyone there is extremely passionate about Apple products uh, and creating great consumer products. Um, and th- th- I think that like Apple also like they're not known for paying the best either. So it's yeah. okay. Okay. Anyways, like essentially, <laughs> okay, what, like you're you... there. Yeah, they're there to essentially like if you're there at Apple, you're passionate about Apple products. Yeah. Period. It's it's funny because that because the the that I mean what is it I ble- I bleed in six colors like he asks them why they're still there and they're like I bleed in six colors it's like uh, it must have been a big cultural change between the original generation of people who were there working on the Mac and like the folklore.org kind of people and then the people who like you and me grew up loving modern more or less post PC Apple products must be a different kind of staff mentality. And also, uh, like, what, 100x as many people or 1,000x or something crazy? Uh, must, yeah, must yeah. Must really changed the if company culture. If you've seen, if you've seen, like, they're like, uh, yeah, anyways, that's like... So what like, did you learn like, on Facebook? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my, my time on Facebook was incredible. Uh, a lot less, like, it's a, a lot more sharing than... Uh, than, 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 like at, at Facebook, it's a monorepo. So everything is shared. Like you can see my, if anyone is internally, you can see every single thing I put into the code base. There's nothing hidden at Facebook, essentially. Uh, so like completely different culture wise. Well, especially my team. I think there's other teams that are more under NDA, but generally it's pretty open and like, uh, you're sharing whatever you're building. And it was just, uh, a, a, an incredible experience. I, I think I've, I've never learned more than I've learned uh, during that, uh, like that internship. I learned the most out of all my Facebook. internships ever. Yeah, at Facebook. Why? Um, Why more than Apple? Why more? I think that like Facebook knows what they're like. Facebook has a uh, a general like uh, uh, uh they they've done that. They 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 hire they intern. They have a lot of interns. They like right. do like five k interns. Uh, and so they have a whole process of how they like like how they uh set standards and recruit and like give offers and all that stuff. And like, essentially like, uh, like they know what they're doing versus Apple. It's a very, very uh, department based team based. Um, yeah, anyways, so we can solve, we can like, uh, yeah. Uh, I learned uh, like, like building consumer products at Facebook really taught me like so, so, so much. Uh, and the choice was essentially at that time it was COVID happened halfway through my uh, Apple internship. And so I had a few offers to choose from. Um, I was like, I don't like. W- will I go back home to uh, sophomore year, or do I like and live at home after not living at home for like over two years, uh, or do I uh, take a full time job? And so I took a full time job. I uh, was uh, I at at uh, Instagram, like Facebook. I, yeah, I chose my and uh, yeah joined their uh, feed team, where I was one of three engineers working on in feed recommendations, end of feed recommendations, and multi feed. And uh, it was an incredible, What's incredible multi-feed? experience. Multi feed is like if you can actually. So if you look at if you click on your the feed option, there's like following like uh, okay. like uh, let me see. Can I actually go on Instagram without it ending this session? Essentially, there's following favorites and just general feed. So like there's like essentially just like TikTok. Right, right. You, you just click on the Instagram logo and you'll you'll be able to change which feed you're on. Yeah. Uh, and I built the initial implementation of like, uh, like, like the multi-feed feature. It was a, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so how many daily users see that? I don't know uh, any, I like, uh, but, oh, I mean, on feed, it was, in, it's incredible because like I would ship something and like a billion people would use it. And then yeah. I, like, uh, like you'd have a bit like, and you, when you get that, like you get that feedback directly, like, so like we have like, uh, it's essentially like two week ship cycles. Anyways, it was is incredible. Like it, the, the experience taught me so so much. Like A/B testing, learning, learning about like what like consumers actually want. Like ship fast, like ship ship fast. Build build uh, like uh, and, and and like actually get feedback from the user and don't just like sit around and wait and expect like oh like like you're gonna like in six months like no like just like ship like even if it's like rudimentary 
and get it out there, see what users like, and then keep building from there. Iterate. Very and, different uh, to Apple. Very different from Apple where it's like a one-year process. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like they all both do it incredibly well, right? I, yeah, definitely. Are they, they're, they're very different. But I guess moving into Web3, it's more of an open process. Things tend to be open source. Yeah, how, I, I don't know. Did you, is there some synthesis you took from that into choosing to do Web3 stuff or... Yeah, yeah. So, like, and so I adopt, like, I'm, we're adopt, like, uh, we adopt this, like, mindset at um, Snowball, like, the, the Facebook, like, ship fast and, and learn from, like, the consumer, consu- like, uh, who people, like, and actually, uh, and, and, like, uh, what's it called? Continue, continue to iterate. I, but, like, okay, so how I got into Web3 is actually through, so I went to, like, some NFT NYC events, saw the consumer space, saw that, like, the apps were not the best. And I was kind of sick of building TikTok again. I wasn't changing the world. And, like, at, face, uh, at Facebook. And so, like, I decided kind of to, like, explore the Web3 space and um, was pilled on it. And I bridged for the first time. And the experience was terrible. Very, very scary. You're on, like, three different, uh, uh, three different like, uh, sites. Uh, like the bridge, the two different block explorers. And I did, I built a multi-chain block explorer called uh, Adora. I was a CEO and a co-founder for nine months before kind of like realizing like, yes, it's going to onboard the next, uh, yes, a block explorer is extremely important. Uh, Like a a multi-chain block explorer is needed and necessary. But like I, what I know best is like mobile tooling, mobile apps. And there is, and to onboard the next billion users, we need that in this space. So I took, took some time to figure out where I want, like how, what tooling that I, sh- what tooling to build to make this, to enable the billion next billion users to be onboarded. And Snowball came along after like a lot of conversations with DAPs, um, a lot of conversations with like builders and like as essentially like everyone's eating glass, building their own infrastructure when somebody should be like, when nobody's focusing on like, the core of the issue is like, there's like no mobile tooling to do this all for you, essentially. Right. Like, let us make apps rather than make infrastructure to make apps. Yeah. Let, let us focus on apps instead of like focusing on like in, making all the all of these protocols work together. And also like fo- focus on what you do best, focus on your product, and we will focus on the infrastructure for you. So what yeah. are the problems that a, a dApp dev is uh, eating glass on? Now we talked about authentication. Like, let's right? say, yeah, yeah, they're choosing an auth method. They're choosing like so they want. There's like 10 billion auth methods. Are they going to use an EOA? And we can talk about like what is an EOK versus a, a like a, a smart contract wallet, right? And so like like EOAs are externally owned accounts. So EOAs are the only type of accounts that can initiate a transaction or pay for gas. So all wallets have to be EOAs. The problems. With EOAs, are there are limitations. Um, uh, like you have to sign every transaction you want to do. You can't make recurring payments. You have to like, uh, like you're kind of talking about like the popular EOAs today, like MetaMask, Rainbow, these kinds of Uniswap. Anything, yeah, yeah, like private wall, key, wall, yeah. quote unquote wallets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, like the because, future because you could, is you could just of, have a private key sitting in local storage, and the app can sign on your behalf. That's not you know, uh, Build Guild does that all the time. That's that's easy. It's just you can't trust it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know about. I haven't talk, like built guilt. I don't. I've I haven't. I just mean like that. you can have um, a, you can just throw a private key in, in into any JavaScript you want. There's no limitation on where you keep a private key. It's just a terrible idea from a security perspective. But like, yeah. we're not restricted to Wallet Connect or Window.Ethereum uh, and Rainbow and and MetaMask. We could do other things, but with EOAs, yes, someone yes. has to hold the private key, which is the real yes. problem with that design. Yes, exactly. And so like account abstraction. Yeah, like ERC 4337 enables like like a whole new generation of uh, of uh, uh, like uh, yeah a whole new generation of, of like UX capabilities that were never before available and uh, and it's going to change the world right you can like whoops, sorry blah blah, blah. Well, what is it that you like about AA wallets what is it that you like about okay them? so like uh, like session based signing um, like arbitrary like we, we, you can what's it called. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, like like paymasters uh, being able to like sponsor gas. Uh, like a user doesn't even necessarily have to know that they have an account. Essentially, with Snowball's SDK, we can enable users to like. It, it's such a seamless experience where, like, yeah, accounts are like essentially abstracted away. Where like there's like session based signing, intense. Like theoretically, there's a lot to work on in that case. 
like, yeah, so, so many things, bundling transactions where like, instead of like, when you're doing a swap, right, you don't have to just like, every single time you're like, you're, you have to like, first off sign, sign like, okay, I'm going to approve this trans, uh, this token to be transferred, and then actually improve this, the swap. Yeah, there's just like a multitude of things where just like the US, UX is improved by, uh, by a lot. And also security implications where like, it's harder to get rugged, because you can make it like a multi-sig essentially, right? Like we're like, well, it, uh, anyways, uh, where like you can have multiple signers with like different control them finitely, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, and enable like yeah, this only fifty fifty dollars can not fifty dollars, but like fifty uh, USDC can be uh, value can be transferred outside of my wallet without uh, another without another signer X Y Z, and this can be a UB key. This can be like like a multitude of different uh, like another passkey, like multiple. Uh, and then, like, yeah, there's like so. Do you, do so, you have so any much. ideas about how people will be using? Like, do you imagine people using Igloo to have multiple keys, or do you think people will just, you know, the default setup? What do you have any idea of how people might use this uh, in, in production? Like, if they're making some kind of uh, follow up to Frentech, what it might look like? Yeah, like I think that like it it really is going to depend on the user, and if like like if, for example, like a Web two user is not going to. And it probably won't have a lot of value on on their uh, on their wallet, uh, and like we'll just do like a standard passkey for everything. But like if you're a more like advanced user, um, you can set as many you can set as 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 a uh, as finite as you want to go. Yeah. So you're saying it, it really will depend on what the DApp developer is trying to build. If they're yes, building exactly. something that needs a lot of security, then it might want more passkeys, and if it doesn't, then it. It might just it might just be fine to have just one passkey generated on your iPhone that you can log into from all your iOS devices, and that's that's enough security. Yeah. So, um, uh, okay, okay. So I know that you're like a fan of apps. So what would the you mentioned session keys? Would yes. that mean that I could sign into I don't know some crypto Snapchat kind of thing, and then once I'm signed in once, am I face IDing every time I'm doing anything that requires access to the passkey? That, that is to say, anytime I'm triggering a transaction? Or can I just like sign in once and, and that's it as long as I'm signed in? Well, session keys expire at a certain uh, point um, and as they should. And also like you can set finite when, when you're approved, finite like controls on like what the session key can do with the session like uh like uh yeah like the the permissions a session key has um uh yeah okay but yeah. just uh, okay and, wait, hold on hold on my question is for for a dev who's thinking about putting yes. this in their app what yeah. kind of experience can they provide to a user so user comes to their app let's say let's say yes. we're making an app uh for for sending each other i don't know valentines something for sending each other little yeah. notes um if I have a user who signs into the app with their, let's say they've already created an account, they're coming back to the app. What what kind of what's like the slickest UI you could give someone uh, for making transactions from one of these AA wallets that, that with a passkey, etc. What, what would the experience be like when they open the app up again? Let's say you get you get a notification. Nicholas sent you a, a, a thank you note for coming on the show. You click the notification. What happens next? Like you're already in that app, you're already like like connected to your wallet, right? So like you can see exactly what what Nicholas sent you. And let's say you want to send another, you want to send it. Uh, uh, first off, we check if your session keys are still valid. Um, and second off, then how long you can, can a session key last in reality? Well, a session key can last as long as like the developer re- requests uh, that session key to last. And also second so first, off, like so first uh, option for the DAP dev would be: Do you want to? biometrically off them every time they open the app after they've been away for an hour? Or do you want to just let them log in once and they don't need to log in again? Like most social apps don't require you log in again or, or face ID again. Okay, the slickest interface, you sign in with your bare biometrics, you accept it into your account, you never have to log in again. And you want to write a note back to them, you can write a note back to them. And let's say a developer requests like uh, unlimited note access. Um, like uh, that, like like just, but just for this like note 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 feature, and they pay for gas, so it doesn't cost you anything, and that's fine on your your end. Uh, and so like you, you can even think about like let's say TikTok wants to implement it, right? And every single time you like something, you like a TikTok, it, uh, you don't want to sign for that, right? right. Uh, and so we could we we can make that capability um, possible. You just like. So basically what you're saying is that it's now possible with what you're building uh, or will be in October, you told me, right? Yeah. Something like that, uh, launch date around October. 
it'll be able, a developer will be able to create an, a PWA and, and once it's legal, uh, an app where users download or, or add to home screen, they sign in with their Apple ID, they generate a pass key by, yeah. by scanning their face that is added if they choose to their iCloud keychain. So it's synced yeah. across all their devices. And then when they go to that PWA or app on any of their devices that's compatible with whether it's a PWA or an app, when they first log in, they'll face ID to connect. And then they could forever be logged in on that device. No more authentication ever. And then they can just click buttons and those buttons can trigger transactions and the app will have access to the passkey sufficient to a, a, web, a session sufficient to, to just trigger transactions when they press buttons in the app without ever having to biometrically auth again and without having direct access to the passkey either because it'll still be coming through iOS. So the, the DAP dev doesn't have enough material to sign transactions on your behalf uh, at all. And additionally, you can set it up so that that session only has access to do certain kinds of things uh, thanks to the AA wallet. So you could have uh, a passkey that only has signing permissions for, for example, interacting with our notes PWA contract uh, yes. and only sending notes and and not not spending gas even uh, yeah. and such a thing could be powered by a, a paymaster uh, yes. like Gelato or, or somebody else that you partner with that would allow you to pay for adaptive to pay for the gas. Yes, uh, yes. Um, and currently, like right now, like let's say for this demo, we use Alchemy, uh, so that we're using their pay pay paymasters. What's it called? But like, yeah, it's like. Like and and with this, like Alchemy enables like more finite. Like you can use your own smart contract wallet, smart contract wallets. But if you like use a provider like Fondnet XYZ, like they have their own smart contract wallets, and like and that is a more like a, you have less control. But it's like simple. Like maybe maybe like you want more simplicity. Maybe you don't want your own custom smart contract. So do you imagine that? I guess it's just like uh, parameters that a uh, Adapt Dev sets when they're like constructing the wallet inside of the their their web app. Is that is that how they're choosing between Fun and and Alchemy? Yes. Got it. So, but like it like really depends. Like this is like a white like I, for this example we're talking about. This is like a white labeled like they, they want a specific. They want their own smart contract wallet for their DAP, right? Um, uh, for like a what's it called? It's a. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So they, so we're still talking about this in the direction of every DAP having its own embedded, essentially embedded wallet. Really, it's just an embedded yes. passkey with a wallet yeah. on chain somewhere. But how do you think about the future for that? Do you think every DAP for, for the next little while will be creating its own new wallet or will, will there be some kind of shared wallet that emerges? Because obviously there's yes. an advantage to having some liquidity already in a wallet when your user yeah, onboards yeah. to your app. So Snowball will have a shared wallet um, that you can use like you with your passkey across. Uh, and so with this, like what like MPC also enables is like using the same PK, like same uh, passkey, you can authenticate uh, on like Solana, you can uh, Cosmos on um, EVM. Yeah, so like, of course, like on different ecosystems, you'll have different wallets, but like um, on, on like, let's say EVM, you can log into the like using this passkey, log into the same smart account wallet, and uh, use this across different DApps. So you kind of have like choice. You can choose between like uh, a DApp developer can choose. Okay, do I want to use Snowball's already built, already uh, like with with a ton of users already uh, integrated into like the ecosystem, or do we want to use a white labeled and have have our own uh, account system just for our app? And that is possible with Snowball. Yeah, got it. So, so how would a DAP dev, they would just, I guess, choose different parameters when they're instantiating the wallet. And if they choose, to, if they say, well, you know, more people have ETH in, let's say, a Snowball shared wallet than yeah. uh, like some new wallet that I create. So they would just change the parameters in their use of the SDK. And the result would be if the user has a Snowball wallet already, they would, they would just log in with it directly. How would that look in the UI? Do you think if they're like, they download the app, what does it look like? So, like, uh, I think, uh, like, the UI would just be like, oh, sign, like, either, it, it, very similar to the demo where it's like, like, create an account or sign, signing with Snowball, and, uh, like, uh, and it will, like, pop up your, it will request your passkey um, invitation. So, like, I hit the screen. Do I see phone number, email, Apple ID, Gmail, Snowball? Or if I click Apple ID, does the passkey for Snowball show up there if there is one already? So, okay. So, when you click, like, so the choices are, like, we'll have, like passkeys is like a second like auth method where like you authenticate you can authenticate just using a passkey just what username right or that can be like a secondary like a 
you have a username and password through like any like web two like email like phone number um uh social login all that jazz right uh, and what you what, what you can do afterwards is, is force kind of like not force the user but like request the user to create a passkey from from after they log into these like social uh off, like social features uh, and then from there, then on like they they will just like log in via uh, what's it called like the snowball task like hopefully like hopefully they kind of understand that but if they don't then they can just log in Sorry, I don't via understand what- so so I show up in the app there's yeah. a button to log in with Facebook I click the button yeah. to log in with Facebook and it yeah. shuttles me to the Facebook app to like approve a thing or whatever I have to type in a code from somewhere my email or phone number or whatever and then once I've two FA'd into it, then it's going to ask me to make a passkey. Yes. Or if, if to reuse, ha- yeah. or to reuse a passkey if I already have one that's compatible. Yes. the 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 issue with passkeys, and this is like a security feature on purpose, not issue. Generally, this is like intentional security thing. Is that we can't like as a uh, you you we as as a developer you can't know if a user already has a passkey like um un, un, unless you request it or, like you request like the user has to like essentially request uh like 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 be like sign in with passkey and then like so I can sign into any app with any passkey I've generated in the past it, it, like no no no, a, no, no, no. As in, I'm talking about like, okay so as a like. As a developer, like you can't know if a user already has generated a passkey, like or has a passkey for this, for like this, uh, this gap. Like, there's no way to know that um, un- until like the user, like until the user like they clicks on. Like, uh, they have to volunteer their passkey. Yeah, the user has to volunteer, and then it shows up a prompt of like, oh, these are the passkeys you have, or this is like a like you have a passkey. You don't even know. No, no, even then, you don't know. The user has to choose. You can ask them to choose a passkey. Yes. They have yes. to agree to agree to choose a passkey, choose a passkey, confirm, and then you yes. get the passkey, or you get the, yes. the public key associated with the passkey. Yes, and if they don't have a passkey, it's going to show up a QR code. Um, that's kind of a weird U- UX experience for like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like, and and there's no choice of like right now. There's like no like, and, and let's say they don't have a on any device, they don't have a passkey for this, right? And so they're like, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll sc- I guess I'll scan it with my phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like they don't have a passkey on their phone either. And then, and so but, like... But, so just to like, clarify for people who don't, haven't spent their time in the trenches of this stuff, you're saying, for example, if you go on Brave right now and open up yeah. igloo-tools.xyz, if you don't have a passkey, it might well show you a QR code because it's anticipating that like Discord and WeChat or WhatsApp and other apps where you just have a sort of temporary session on the desktop computer, but the, the keys live on your phone, which is safer. It's prompting you with a QR to ask you to scan it with your iPhone where maybe you have a passkey. But if you don't have one, that's it's not going to help very much. I guess you can create one at that point on the iPhone, maybe? You have to, okay, you have to literally cr- like do a, oh, uh, there's a difference between like authenticate and create. Like, and uh, there's, there's not like a, a place where like, oh, I don't have a passkey create a passkey yeah uh like you wow. literally have to go back to the flow flows. like yeah there's two separate flows this is something that like i think that like oh like definitely needs to change on the web, web off the end side this is like a standard for for passkeys even like apple like you they, they've uh they've integrated passkeys into their like login for like developers already and like the way that they do it is that you like you there's a login like username password and there's two buttons login and there's like use your passkey, and like That's you terrible. click on user. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, like it, it's still you just a be terrible... signing in with Apple, and then they prompt the passkey thing. And if it's if you don't have one, then it's only create. And if you do have it, let's yeah. you choose or create. Yeah, but the, like, but the issue yes. is users shouldn't really even have to choose unless they have multiple already. Yeah, and uh, if, typically user only has one, and that's like fine. That's like incredible. Like whereas just like done face id you're done easily do diddly do done but i guess they need to allow like if you imagine i don't know twitter with passkeys twitter with apple id login and passkeys then you might want to have multiple passkeys for different accounts or something like this yeah or you might want to have even different passkeys for like the kind of mpc multi-sig uh solution you were talking about i hope i'm explaining this correctly but essentially i like i hope tldr like the passkey like um web2 even ecosystem is ter- has kind of terrible UX. Where in the sense we don't know if you have a passkey, and if you don't have a passkey, and you click login with this passkey, uh, like 
uh, you're prompted with like like a QR code and you may not even have a passkey. You can't just like like have another button where it's like, oh, create a passkey from that. You have to like exit that flow and then go back and like... It's rough. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough experience. There's nothing that we can do on our side for that yet. We can uh, make proposal changes on on web on side and we're probably going to do that. But like, that's just like an FYI. Like that's not something that like, that's just like a built-in feature with passkeys. Yeah. Right. I wonder if there'll be any slick ways you can like try to figure out if the user has an account yet or not. So you present only the, the necessary buttons, but I guess there's it's a not UX problem. Unfortunately, the, um, and I think you're talking to, I believe uh, next week, this week actually um, with uh, what's Jose? his name? Jose. Yeah. Jose, who, who, like did a great job breaking down yeah, like has a website on yeah passkeys.is uh, I believe yes is um uh, I I looked at it and I actually talked to them before we 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 chose our passkey solution um and the trade offs that he talked about in his on his website was actually kind of the reason why we chose to do the MPC version because it's it's a there there are quite a few doing a scan also it's like expensive to the uh, it's not. It's on. Uh, I think the yeah, trade-offs anyway. between having the passkey be directly a signer on the AA wallet versus having an intermediary MPC. Uh, well, doing like a like a, the the intermediary MP, uh, MPC. What was the other yeah. option? You chose MPC. What was the other path? The other path was using our uh, SEPTA two fifty six R one, which uh, is is too expensive on on chain. Uh, yeah, right. right so now. people can check I mean, out the seven two one two episode if they want to learn more about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but basically, basically, uh, short summary: if you want to have the passkey directly sign an AA wallet, you need to bring your own uh, smart contract that can verify passkey yeah. signatures. And the cheapest anyone has got this to you so far is, from what I've heard, sixty thousand gas update oh updated since the Ledger one, which is maybe passable on L two, but it's really not something you want to use. So seven two one two is a proposal to incorporate the passkeys. Uh, elliptic curve into the EVM so that smart contracts yeah. could verify uh, data that's signed by a passkey, which it has this SECP two five six R one elliptic curve, yeah. as opposed to the uh, the Ethereum K and Bitcoin K one uh, variety of yeah. the curve. So okay, so a lot of uh, moving parts, but basically you're putting a lot of thought into the UX of onboarding to make it easier for people. And I'm very excited about the sessions uh, personally because yeah. I mean, that's, that's starting to sound like an app someone might actually use. Yeah. Imagine like the next billion people are going to be onboarded through like a, like, like in my opinion, it's going to be through a casual game like Candy Crush, for example, where a billion, like where the user doesn't even know that they have a wallet um, uh, until like they have like 10 lollipops that are worth like $2 <laughs> each. And they're like, oh my God, wait, what the hell? Like this is crypto. And it doesn't have to be, yeah. And it, it onboards people in the most fun and like in a way where they're like, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like a a person just said, "Am I a degen?" <laughs> <laughs> Playing Candy Crush. You're a fan of Candy Crush, right? Yes, I'm a fan of Candy Crush. I'm a fan of casual games. I, I as a kid, I played Clash of Clans. I played like uh, I two two zero four eight. I love chess. Um, I actually have a chess game that I'm almost. I need to finish. I'm going to incorporate the Snowball SDK into it and just like enable people to play on chain, like, uh, like to make, uh, to like, yeah, yeah. It's Competitive just going to be really on chain. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think it'd be really fun to do tournament, uh, against your friends. Totally. That sounds like a lot of fun and actually sounds like an app that could actually be popular with people, especially because it's, you know, it's, it's like anything like that, like rankings, like you're saying, or or yeah. I, or you kind of presented two uh, two reasons why you might want to do that rankings on chain, which for like chess competition, you can imagine why people would want such such a thing, uh, yeah. like verifiable rankings, but also uh, like tradable assets generated by a game that's maybe proprietary but can nevertheless be like traded on OpenSea, maybe or you know just the, the, the you can imagine a game that is an app, but that its assets live on outside of it and, and are coherent with the whole, you know, 721, 1155 ecosystem. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. If you can log in with just an Apple ID and, and you don't need yeah. to think about having an address or a wallet or gas or any of yeah. this stuff. Do you think people will do their own app chains just to run that software? Because if you're going to subsidize the gas, it might as well not, you know, not be, uh, not cost you ETH to do so. Uh I mean, like that's uh, there is a future for that. Like I, we've thought about doing like uh, we've thought about app chains. Um, uh, like we before this, I was I was talking to Celestia about uh, specific app chains and and uh, 
for each each like DAP would have their own for security and like all like generally just like um like you know if you get hacked for example you can uh, you can like like for uh, like uh, like uh, and uh, oh yeah you can fork and, and essentially maintain the, the the status of before versus like if you're doing it on ETH mainnet like ETH doesn't care um at all yeah so, right. so yeah, there's are, a these are maybe like of, the, a gradient of decentralization uh yes, rather yeah. than you know maybe there is some reason for app chains it's yeah. a little hard to say i mean it seems like a lot of responsibility if you start doing stuff that's really centralized it starts to feel more custodial the whole ecosystem uh i don't know how base is dealing with that right now with not actually having fraud proofs and i think not even having the forced inclusion on l1 seems like a very custodial system to me but i think that base is for a very different consumer than the tip like like um, and I, don't I just know mean in terms of liability, even like how can you claim yeah. that you're not a custodian if you're the sole sequencer on a anyway? I, I like base, but yeah. as yeah, it yeah, stands yeah, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like you know you, there's no plausible decentralization in something like base uh, in September 2023. Um, but it it has a convenient API, and if they can change the engine of the plane while it's flying to make it actually decentralized, which everyone else has seems to have done. Arbitrum is further along on that process than the OP stack, and I think I don't think it started that way, so. Uh, it does seem possible, but it's interesting to think about app chains. I think there's a lot, a lot of thinking to be done about gas because Paymasters yeah. implies that you're kind of spending ETH to or Matic yeah. or whatever. You know, maybe you have a roll up with your own gas coin, but that seems like really costly uh, consumer acquisition cost kind of thing, and it, it kind of disincentivizes you from having very active users because uh, it's costing you more and more. Yeah, I don't think people will be paying for gas in the future. It will be subsidized by like applications at businesses that want you to use their services over their competitors. And like, like for like a good analogy for today is you can think about like Visa and MasterCard charges like a 2% transaction fee on all credit card transactions, right? So you can kind of think about like how gas fees, uh, like transaction fees as like gas fees for like the SWIFT, like SWIFT, right? Like the, uh, the network, like most large businesses pay that trans transaction fee on behalf of the customers because they want that they, they don't want to pass uh, 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 that to the customer and they want the like they want business right they may invisibly pass it to the customer I mean they don't tell you yes, how exactly, much fees is yeah. charging but they might raise their price by three percent but yeah it yeah. is kind of interesting because there is something of a cartel or something between Visa and MasterCard they're not exactly competing on that 2.9 percent neither is Stripe or anybody else that they're we have reached an equilibrium so maybe the parallel would be like if base uh, decides that they want to encourage some kinds of activity, I don't know, some new lens or something they want to bring onto the network. Yeah. They might subsidize all the gas for transactions on a certain protocol or smart contract platform, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it does seem like if the credit cards have anything to say about it, it, it seems yeah. that you do reach some kind of equilibrium point where everyone's getting their 2.9% and we stops competing on price. So it doesn't mean that there's no, but maybe this like yeah, super yeah, yeah. profitable agree, agree. base gas transit, like gas, base is making tons of money off uh, arbitrarily setting the gas prices right now. So they might not be able to make quite as much money in a competitive environment with other chains uh, yeah. if, if other do, people start to, to subsidize yes, gas. Yeah. Yes, they do like, some like like uh, especially like smaller businesses, of course. Like they do like charge a transaction fee uh, on like uh, like let's say if you're paying less than ten bucks or something right. like that, and that's like a valid. That's a yeah. It's it's probably gonna like yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Right. I think we kind of did the, the the tour of everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything. If people want to find out more about Snowball, so Snowball is the company and Igloo is the product. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, if people want to find out more, igloo.tools.xyz for the demo. Uh, where else can they can they keep up with you and Snowball? Like Snowball Tools on Twitter would be in like yeah, Snowball Tools on Twitter. Feel free to reach D DM me if you have any questions. Happy to answer anything. And that's uh, Vivian Fong, uh, V I V I A N P H U N G, or Snowball Tools. Both of our DMs are open. Happy to answer any questions about what we're building, and really excited to like uh, push mobile forward. Sweet. So October-ish, people can look forward to, to playing with this in their own dApps. And uh, you're going to be on, at, mainnet. Uh, on mainnet. And you're going to be at ETH Global NYC also. Maybe people are going. Yes, I will be at ETH Global NYC. If anyone wants to build using the Snowball SDK, I will also be building uh, using the Snowball SDK uh, and, and happy to help uh, in any way, uh, facilitate uh, anything. Yeah. Awesome. And um, we will, like the Snowball SDK, okay, so... Um, and okay, we we also FYI like um, will be uh, if you want to not uh, 
We will also like enable, like if you want to use it on mainnet, we will, that, that is also possible. We'll make that, we'll make that a re- reality for you. You're saying sooner, sooner than like the official launch is possible if you, if you DM. Yeah, essentially like, yeah, g- g- give me a DM. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is the alpha access to Snowball. Uh, yeah, right. exactly. Viv, thank you so much. Before we go, I wanted to uh, read the uh, sponsor read. I forgot to read it in the middle of the show. Okay. But luckily, it's it's not a... It's not a no, I'm not going to get in trouble because the sponsorship for this episode is uh, the show itself, Web3 Galaxy Brain. If you're enjoying this episode, please give Web3 Galaxy Brain a review. I'd like to read uh, the two reviews that we received this week, but I don't have them pulled up right now. So I won't bother. But you can read them in the App Store or whatever in the podcasts and Spotify. We have a handful of reviews, but it's embarrassing. Please uh, go, uh, go. If you like the show, go go give it a review. Viv, thanks. This was awesome. Uh, very excited yeah, to see how me. Snowball evolves. Uh, early days. And I, I mean, I think the stack is very promising and, and you have an attention for UX. So I think people should uh, keep their eyes open. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. It was so great. And thanks for having me on the show. Bye. Of course. See you at ETH Global NYC. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Web3 Galaxy Brain. To keep up with everything Web3, follow me on Twitter at Nicholas with four leading ends. You can find links to the topics discussed on today's episode in the show notes. Podcast feed links are available at web3galaxybrain.com. Web3 Galaxy Brain airs live most Friday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2200 UTC on Twitter Spaces. I look forward to seeing you there.